Praise the Lord, blessed listeners. This is Repentance USA at Blog Talk Radio. And I'm your host, Pastor Tresor from the Maryland Altar in the United States of America. And here in the States, we are led by Archbishop Louis Lupo. And we are all under the direction of the mightiest prophet of the Lord in the ministry of repentance and holiness. Today's message is the third installment of the series called The State of the Church, where we have the mightiest prophet, two witnesses, Revelation 11 address the state of the church globally and how we have gotten there. Without further delay, we'll go straight into the message. Able to see 
the signature of approval of the Lord, even in the message of repentance. I know that still there are pockets of repentance, uh, of, of resistance to repentance that you find in different places because the message of repentance comes with rebuke to sin because you have to be very clear with the people on what the sins of the church have been so they are able to turn away from those sins and for the church to come out publicly and acknowledge that she has been in sin it's a state of humbleness they, they have to be humble literally to come out and say look we have sinned as a church that means we have not been doing well in all the years that we've been pretending to be well and now we are looking for renourishing revival and replenishing of our livelihood our being as a church that calls for a lot of humbleness even in a sackcloth and that's the state of repentance uh, people have not uh, embraced it as much as was expected but now we are seeing that out of the authority the word that the lord spoke when he said for example if you don't repent the asian tsunami will take place and we saw that very fast the asian tsunami took place after that we also saw katrina when he told me to speak to the united states of america and talk of the big Atlantic storm that was coming the East Coast on New Orleans if they failed to repent. Because he had shown me their sins in the spirit. He lifted me up and took me there. We see in Kenya now what has befallen Kenya today. The bloodbath, the earth tremors. When he said, if they don't repent, this will happen. So right now, Reverend Amos Wandera, repentance is growing in bounds, traversing the boundaries. I believe there is still more that can be done because the church is supposed to be the house of repentance. And until that is accomplished, there is still work and ground to cover. Amen. The message of repentance, um, to give a little insight about the message of repentance and how it's received in America, it's not received at all. And it's like what the mightiest prophet had uh, pointed out that it's an alien concept. It's something that uh, doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit into the paradigm of a Christian in America. It doesn't fit into the equation of what the gospel of prosperity brings. And the gospel of prosperity is a different doctrine that preaches salvation but on earth. And that's why the message of repentance is so hard to accept as a modern, lukewarm, Christian in America. Um, as far as the Christians throughout the world, I believe in America, the abuse of grace has started here because we've used our freedom to deliberately sin, to keep on sinning, inventing new ways to sin, encourage others to sin. And uh, it's like what it says in Romans, in the book of uh, Romans chapter one, where it talks about God's anger at sin. But before I start there, I want to say the backdrop to why I'm pointing to this scripture is because the message of repentance is not well received for this very reason of what the scripture is about to state. So in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, and it says, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. 
So that's number one right there. I can stop at that verse. I'll keep going, but to explain that we don't receive repentance in America because we suppress it because the agenda to satisfy our sinful nature allows us to not accept the message of repentance. Verse 19 continues, it says, they know the truth about God because he made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God has made, excuse me, everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. And we'll stop right there again. And the scripture is saying that they began to think up of foolish ideas of what God was like. And it said they wouldn't worship him because worship for God, it's set on his standards of worship. We can't, as man, we can't make our own standards of worship. And that's exactly what we've been doing in this country we call America that we set our own ways of worshiping him. For example, it's, it's like uh, getting a test and making up your own answers so they can become valid to pass the test. Yet the questions on the test are there to gauge if you know the answer. And what we have done is that we've thrown out holiness in the church. We've thrown out the Bible in total in the church. And we, we've thrown out the Holy Spirit we don't respond to the convictions of the Holy Spirit where whenever we're doing things in the back of our mind, you hear the voice telling you, this is not right, but we continue doing it. And that's why our consciences are seared and we go more and more into darkness because we suppress the truth. We go into apostasy and the more and more that we can't be redeemed. And I'm referring to Hebrews chapter six, verses four through six. But in continuation to Romans, at verse 22, it says, Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools, and instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people, birds, and animals, and reptiles. And then you think about in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses uh, 12 all the way to 18, God said, when you heard his voice on the mountain, you didn't see an image so that is why you can't make idols that you see that's in the Catholic Church and different other churches but predominantly the Catholic Church where you have the Virgin Mary and you have all these saints and angels and all these statues and idol worship is a special sin in the eyes of the Lord because now he's competing with another God and we all know that the God we serve, the Holy One of Israel, the only God, and He's the only living one. All the other gods are idle for a reason. But uh, in continuation, verse 23, it talks about how worshiping idols, and those idols don't even have to be physical. They can be spiritual. In America, we worship the idol of money. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24 and on, that you can't worship God and money because you'll hate one and love the other. So the simple fact of us worshiping money, especially with subscribing to the gospel of prosperity, has led us to hate the truth. 
and become more and more apostate. So as continuing to verse 24, and, and this is really the target, but I'm gonna keep reading down. So God abandoned them to whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's body. So with the grace that we teach, which is the abuse of grace, we don't really use it for the purpose intended to overcome sin, we use it to continue in sin. And when we continue to suppress the truth, God will just abandon us. So this grace that we have, it's not forever. That's why you think about if you have to pay a bill and you don't have the money, there's a grace period. I mean, there's a time to pay the debt, but what we think that time is for is that number one, it's gonna be forever. And it's for us to do whatever because nothing is happening. But that time where we're not being judged for our sins is for us to stop sinning because judgment is coming. Just like the days of Noah, there was a grace period that God had put, you read in Genesis six, that he put 120 years over man's life because of their wickedness. And Jesus said that the days we live in right now as we speak are the same as the days of Noah. So the same grace period, it may not be 120 years, but there's a limit to the lives we live as Christians when we continue to sin. But in continuing to verse 25, they trade the truth about God for a lie, so they worship and serve things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise, amen. Uh, that goes back to idol worshiping again, worshiping the God of money, worshiping people as idols, you know, celebrities, uh, basketball players, soccer players, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, all these people that are the world praises. Verse 26 says that that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even women turned against natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having sex, normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men as a result of this sin. They suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. So now we can even go into the scope of the constant abuse of grace that led to us having our minds darkened from suppressing the truth. Now you see that there's homosexual flags on churches and you see the acceptance of being a homosexual. And there's a lie where People who are homosexual, they believe that they were born that way. But in the eyes of God, and in the Bible, in the Word, it says that he did shameful things and said instead of having normal relations with women, they did shameful things with other men. Suffering the penalty they deserve, the penalty of suppressing the truth. So, to verse 28, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never ever be done, never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. And these characteristics you can really pull out and just gauge the church that you're in. If you're still in the church, the apostate church in America where you can see these qualities that are present. The wickedness, the sin, the greed, the hate, the envy. And they all come from not accepting the truth as it is. 
And verse 30 says that they're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. And this is the target, especially for Americans. It says they invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents and refuse to understand, break promises, and are heartless, have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. So the two things I want to pull out out of those two verses is that they invent new ways of sinning and they encourage others to do so. So with those two points, that is why the abuse of grace is prevalent in the church because the abuse of grace, it makes you think that God stopped caring about sin. He doesn't mind sin anymore. He takes away the penalty of sin because Jesus died, so all sin is forgiven. But the whole point of Jesus dying was restoration. So the blood of Jesus is actually repentant. So, for example, I want to turn to, uh, to John. I believe it's chapter 8. And what I'm trying to point out is that even Jesus himself, he didn't preach the abuse of grace. He, he preached the turning away from sin. And uh, a scripture for that is uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. But I want to go to John chapter 8. It says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Verse 7, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Verse 11, no, Lord, she said, and this is the target. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. So, and an interesting thing is that he showed the woman grace by forgiving her and then with that grace, this is what he presented with him. Jesus said, neither do I. So you've been forgiven for your sins. You can go. But the catch is that he said, go and sin no more. You know, he didn't say, I forgive you. You can continue sinning because I'll keep forgiving you. And that's the misconception of the grace of why we can't receive repentance. Because when we receive Jesus as uh, Christians, especially in America, we receive him already in the beginning of becoming Christian, so we repented of our sins. So after accepting Jesus, there's no need to bear repentance. And um, it's actually contrary to the word of God, the lives we live as Christians is actually a apostasy and um, atheism. Because we're denying the actual nature, the identity of God by continuing, continuing to dwell in sin so we're worshiping a different God and um, that God is the God of the flesh and we know who rules in the flesh is Satan and uh, 
I want to end off at uh, Jude, verse 16, about why the message of repentance is not accepted in America. So Jude 16 says, uh, these people are grumblers and complainers, living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves and they flatter others to get what they want. Verse 17, but you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times, which is the days we live in now, there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. And that's what we do with the grace so we can live a life we want. These people, verse 19, are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. And actually, I want to end off with uh, with First John. In First John chapter two, verse nineteen, it says, "These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved they did not belong with us." Verse twenty. But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all you know, the truth. All of you know the truth. So, in closing. The message of repentance hasn't been accepted because we're really not the children of God because you read in the Bible that anyone who practices sin are children of Satan. Anyone who receives Jesus are children of light when they don't practice sin, when they actually do what is righteous, which is not breaking the law, which is not abusing the grace, which is not having a casual relationship with the Holy Spirit. The list goes on and on, but what has happened with the abuse of grace we've been in apostasy and the apostasy that we keep dwelling in there's a place for people who are destined for apostasy and um, if we don't repent it might be too late for us to get into heaven so in short we need to accept this message of repentance so we can enter heaven because there's no other way we can get in heaven because heaven tolerates no sin when the devil rebelled in heaven he was thrown out for the sin of pride so how much more the people on the earth that make a practice and a lifestyle of sinning knowingly deliberately and outside the blood of Jesus which already forgive our sins there is no forgiveness so with the lifestyle that we live as Christians here in America if we continue into it we will find ourselves in a different destination that is not called heaven so if there's anyone who would like to receive Jesus, please repeat these words. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. I confess all my sins. And actually you cover me with the blood. I confess that I've been deliberately sinning against you, abusing the grace, nailing Jesus back to the cross. Lord, I'm not even worthy to call upon your name, but I ask that you show mercy on me. Send your Holy Spirit to instill righteousness, justice, holiness in my life. Lord, I receive you today as my Savior, this day I am born again. Amen. And I 
beloved people, for anybody who had said that prayer, please find a local altar of the Ministry of Repentance and Holiness. You can find the contact on Repentance USA, either the YouTube channel, Twitter, or Facebook, all with the same name, Repentance USA, or find the Archbishop's contact, the Archbishop of the United States, on highwayofholiness.us. You can find his number and he'll reach out to you find a local altar near you. And be sure to repent and prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah.